0: Welcome to the FedHeads, a weekly podcast from Grand Thornton Public Sector. Join the Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it.
1: Welcome to Episode 6 of the FedHeads. I'm Francis Rose. I'm Robert Shea. Um, the business of Homeland Security. Is big business obviously in Washington? Uh, the departure, the imminent departure of the Deputy Secretary of Homeland Security Elaine Duke, is uh, a factor in the way that business will be done. That was not ex- unexpected, but still unfortunate.
2: You, you knew what I didn't know. Um, I was surprised by it, but leadership disruption uh, has existed at the department since its inception. So they'll they better learn to deal with it because it's uh, consistent.
1: Uh, your team at Grant Thornton has taken a look at the business of Homeland Security. The subtitle of this uh, survey is Aligning Capabilities, Responsibilities, Engagement, and Innovation. And to talk about it, uh, happy to welcome David Hahn, director of Grant Thornton. Nice to see you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Francis. We're happy to be here. And Mark Pearl is the president and CEO of the Homeland Security and Defense Business Council. Mark, nice to see you as well. You as well. Thanks for Thank coming you. in. Um David, what essentially is the gist of the survey? Why does Grant Thornton do it every year, and what do you hope people will learn from it?
0: Well, we took on this, it's a five-year survey, Francis, that started uh, two years ago. And each year, we, we're, our, our goal is to go out and basically look at, at, the, at the progress of the, the, the Homeland Security Enterprise. And when we speak to the enterprise, it's not only the Department of Homeland Security, but it's uh, across the government, agencies that have roles in the larger Homeland Security Enterprise, uh, as well as not just government, but state and local governments, our global partners, uh, industry, uh, and certainly the, the citizenry as a whole. But the particular industry, that being what we call the homeland security industrial base, is made up of the firms that provide direct support to the Department of Homeland Security and the other agencies in this homeland security enterprise endeavor, and so we want to we want to work uh, with the council on behalf of the council to to look at the progress we're making towards achieving the goals of Homeland Security, uh, how the department and the other agencies are working together and internally how they're working as a team, uh, and, and where can industry fit in that process. How can we add? How can we support? Uh, how can that relationship be enhanced and improved and that's really what the survey is about is to try to seek that on an annual basis over a five-year period of time so we can measure progress
1: Mark David used a term that I think is important to highlight that I have saw as an acronym throughout this survey and that's HSE the homeland security enterprise it strikes me that we're looking at this now with using terms like industrial base surrounding homeland security Finally, after 16 years of the agency existing? uh,
3: This is the 15th anniversary in March 1.
1: Okay. So uh, we're to a point now where we're thinking about homeland security as an enterprise the same way that we have historically thought about national defense as an enterprise. Am I on the right track? No, you are on the
3: right track, and not many people embrace that yet. When the council started talking about the enterprise as part of this uh, project project, Going back, um, when you looked at the DHS website and looked under Enterprise, it was the Enterprise was defined as the components within DHS. Mm -hmm. Um, I specifically said that we needed to break down doesn't exist the four walls of DHS. Uh, someday they may have a headquarters, (laughs) uh, but that's that's for another podcast. Uh, But the context is um, a recognition that there are many parts of that. The national security component does recognize that. It's not just DOD, Mm -hmm. it's CIA, et cetera, et cetera. Um, We see it as State Department, HHS, uh, obviously DOJ, FBI, ATF, um, and beyond that. Um, But what was not recognized as well, and even embraced by the companies, that we can say can comprise the homeland industrial base was this willingness to embrace the concept of being part of an HSIb, mm-hmm. um, and that's difficult because in World War post World War II, when the, when in essence the defense industrial base was created, it was because government wanted to make sure that the the factories that were building cars could one day be you know build tanks, and and those companies that were building commercial airliners could build fighter jets, et cetera. Um, if Grant Thornton walks away from a contract, there's nobody. There's, it's not like there's nobody else around to do it. It is much more of a competitive careful, environment. Careful. <laughs> um, I didn't say, well, I said, can do it, <laughs> feel that they can do it. So the concept was getting both, uh, and that's why alignment is so important. As we were doing this year's survey, uh, we, want, we worked through with Grant Thornton the idea that what is, it's not about what the priorities are. It's not about what the desire is. It's not about what the need is or the you know capabilities. It's about how do we get these various sectors in alignment so that things can be more effective and more efficient in terms of achieving mission.
2: So David, this makes me, reminds me of when we worked together in government. Right. It, the, the concept for the department was basically a whiteboard and we decided what was in, what was out. And I think what Mark is talking about was the vision you and the team that designed it had for the new department, an enterprise working together collaboratively to protect the homeland. How, I chuckle, how close are we today to the vision y'all had um, when you designed the department.
0: I, I think we've been remarkably successful and I think a lot of perception out there is that people don't really know what, what has changed since, since 9-11 but it, the world has completely changed. Go through an airport it's completely different now than it was before. Uh, so, so much of what we're doing in Homeland Security is not visible and, and it doesn't need to be but know that there's a lot going on out there every day not just in the department, but across the agencies and across the, the, the state and local governments and across industry, as we all grapple with trying to figure out how do we protect ourselves from cyber, for example. The cyber threat is very real, as we know. It seems to be growing. That's probably one of the single biggest issues that we should be thinking about from a Homeland Security perspective. But back to your question, Robert. The department was envisioned, yes, as a very top-down uh, managed organization that was all gonna be integrated. That's, that, has, that has come and gone, Depending upon which component and which issue, but I think the 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 notion of a unity of effort, which the previous uh, secretary uh, uh, Johnson created when he was uh, at the department, and 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 uh, this administration endorsed that when when uh, Secretary Kelly was. Was the uh, was the Homeland Security uh, Secretary? He he, he he actually called on uh, the unity of effort on steroids, uh, and so we we we're excited. I think as an industry to, to, that supports the Homeland Security uh, uh, Department, that the, the department is going in the right direction, but we need to work with them to to do better uh, when it comes to integrating components no, and, and working I, together. And I think
3: that the context is whether or not we're focusing on policy and incidents, or we're talking about a process. The council on this is not Grant Thornton. We have all our members that will talk about responding to policy, providing capabilities. The council is not gonna get in the middle of that. What we're saying is, let's build on this 15 year history Um, In fact, we can go back to, and David has taught me well, going back to Timothy McVeigh who was not, that was not considered a homeland security incident and yet obviously it was. So we're going back 20, 25 years. The process, though, is what we want to improve and build on. I don't care whether you call it 1DHS or 2DHS or DHS 2.0 or whatever you're going to want to call it in terms of unity of effort or whatever the new Secretary Nielsen might
2: 2.0 seems a little passe. Yeah,
3: that's <laughs> yesterday, exactly. But the context is taking what exists as an enterprise and saying this is important beyond see something, say, you know, see something, say something. That's for the Chamber of Commerce. For the companies that make up this industrial base, it's how can we put together a foundation upon which, whether it's a hurricane, whether it's a terrorist act, whether it's a tsunami, whatever it is that we can, as a country, respond appropriately because we have in place the processes that can respond with the capabilities that the private sector brings.
1: That's Mark Pearl of the Homeland Security and Defense Business Council. David Hahn of uh, Grant Thornton is also here on this episode of Fed Heads. Um, there are two chapters in this survey that mention explicitly responsibility. One is the Homeland Security Industrial Base's responsibility within the Homeland Security Enterprise, and the other is the government's responsibility within the HSE. David, why is it important to consider whose responsibility is what within the Homeland Security Enterprise.
0: Well, that's exactly why we asked the questions. And and this year we were excited that the, we, we had more participation this year than, than the, the previous two years. Over 200 participants, divided equally across a third of the participants were government officials, a third were former feds who are now in industry, and a third were our industry executives. So we got a wonderful uh, 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 Combination of all three perspectives in a, in a largest uh, survey yet, and what we found was that there was not always agreement across those three groups on those questions you ask. Uh, the the two you point out there, the responsibility of industry towards uh, towards the enterprise and the responsibility of government towards the enterprise, uh, there was unanimity that 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 industry. Um, uh, there was unanimity on the question of the. Uh, the government's responsibility, uh, there, though, there was concern on everybody's part that the current environment doesn't necessarily uh, allow for industry to provide the kinds of support that, that it wants to, and that the acquisition process is, is, is principally uh, the focus of a lot of the, the issues about how do we engage and engage better. On the issue of, of uh, industry responsibility, we found something quite, quite startling, and that was that there was a divergence of views. That those industry folks and and former feds in industry felt that that uh, that 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 the industry is exercising its appropriate responsibilities towards towards the department and towards the enterprise, and yet on the on the government's side, they they were less less confident about that, and about forty five percent, forty four percent were undecided as to whether or not industry was actually in, in, carrying out its responsibilities. And so that is an area that we acknowledge we need to do more work, working with our government uh, of colleagues and our industry colleagues and our former feds that are sort of in the middle about how do we bring these, 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 these parties together and, and, really, and really put it on the table. So how
2: it. do you measure that? Is it just an impression or do we right. have data on that? No,
3: there is not. There, that's where we need to get to. Um, we need to measure and weigh whether or not, where industry is making recommendations. And this report, for instance, was the first time that we have made recommendations, as opposed to just reporting and analyzing the results in. And the recommendations came in to try certain things. If you're gonna try innovation, don't do innovation just for the sake of innovation. If you are going to, and this was a big one that, the survey showed for industry's responsibility a lot of finger pointing on protests. Now, industry protests are part of this. There's no question about it. But whether or not You're, they're saying people protest for the sake can, of protest,
2: con- contractors who lose a bid protest too much, and that that's impeding the work of the department.
3: Well, because it's adding more costs, it's yeah. timely, etc. Or it may be that an incumbent, to be honest with you, is protesting to keep the printing press going. Hmm. That's a problem, too, in terms of what's going on. So should government and industry get together to discuss? And sometimes we're always, like DHS does in incidents, is reactive. What we're calling for in this report is to say on issues of industry, government engagement, there should be more and it should be earlier, what I call to the left of the buy. Uh, Chip Fulgham uh, is also, who is the, the DUSM, has talked about that. Can we get together before the RFI? Secondly, how do we deal with things like protests and debriefs? Government thinks of a debrief as a way for industry to get a nugget of information so that it can protest. How do we change that mentality so that we're we're really asking for a debrief so we can do better the next time? Mm -hmm. And thirdly is, is that while there's a lot of innovation, the word is going around. You either default to technology, let's get innovative technology in there, as opposed to seeing what a company like Grant Thornton brings in is innovative processes. Have you tried a new way of thinking about attacking it? Those are things that we want to be part of. And that is why the survey exists. Doesn't do it, it's by gut right now. You're absolutely right, Robert. But the question is, can we within with government work out these measurements so that we can make Changed in behavior, not in regulation and not in legislation, but can we change behavior? Uh, Risk of, of, you know, aversion. There's a whole risk aversion. There's a risk of innovation, a risk of failure. Can we tap that down in a way that that it's viewed upon as successful as opposed to a failure? We're
1: starting to run out of time, and I want to get to the recommendations in a moment. But before I do, Bruce, uh, or Mark, I just want to point out that everything that you mentioned there, all three of those challenges are all exactly the same challenges in exactly the same context that the Defense Department and the Defense Industrial Base have. So we're we're not seeing anything new here. Is, is that a fair observation, do you it, think? It,
3: no, it's absolutely. It's all throughout federal government. And we tackle that all day long in terms of how can a company, uh, an, an organization like the Homeland Security and Defense Business Council be able to, to distinguish itself. And the reason that we feel that we can make better strides is because the calcification doesn't exist in the Department of Homeland Security. It's not been around for 50, 60, 100 plus years. And there might be more opportunities to work with this 15-year-old adolescent in a way that can make positive change that could impact all of government.
2: Uh, That's the optimism that should define our podcast.
1: Uh, well, and I will say that it certainly would be easier to work with a 15-year-old adolescent than a 50-some-year-old grown adult, because being one, I understand I'm not, the difficulty I'm not, of I'm, change not,
2: I'm not sure the <laughs> metaphor follows. Well. As the father of three teenage girls, I'm not sure I could – we, we – A whole nother podcast on that. At least one.
1: Um, Three recommendations here, and we've touched on each of them already. Strengthen communication and engagement throughout the acquisition lifecycle. Address the impact of protests on both sectors. And the third one is foster innovation, and that's where um, I want to wrap up, David. One of your respondents got it exactly right. Nine out of ten people will say they want innovation, but in the final analysis, no one's willing to take the risk or
0: pay for it? How do you get around that concept? Well, it, 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 it is absolutely true. And part of that is a little bit of the gotcha environment that we live in. Within, within government, um, I was at the Office of Management and Budget for 33 years. I, 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 can, I can assure you there are times that we played gotcha with some of our agencies on issues that we, that we disagreed on. And certainly Congress uh, it has an oversight responsibility, and it's difficult to control that sometimes. And so in an environment where everybody is very, very risk averse, Very, very concerned about getting caught, gotcha. Uh how do you how do you encourage an agency to be innovative at that point? And I think what we where we came away, and we again, this is one of them that we want to continue to work with our government uh, partners and and with industry. But I think you have to be very clear up front. You have to say, look, we are going to attempt to do something innovative. Uh, we we know that it has risk. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go out and we're gonna look for best value. We're not gonna rely on lowest price technically available. The old LPTA uh, requirement that tends to drive things to the lowest cost, which may not always deliver and particularly in innovation which is very similar to R&D you don't really know whether or not you're going to be successful but you're going to try something in a different way it's it's not try it's not it's not try and fail from my perspective it's more tra- tr- tr- trial and error okay we made an error what do we do with that we don't just stop we turn we learn from it and then we try it again and and it's an iterative process and that that's hard to do in a in an environment of government where it's where we very much want to be very specific about what it is we're buying. We want to get it at the lowest cost, and then we want it delivered on time. And it just doesn't always work that way when you're trying to do something that's really out of the box and really different that may have huge benefits over the way we do business now, and we'll never know if we don't try.
1: David Hahn of Grant Thornton, thank you very much for joining us today. Mark Pearl, thank you for coming of the uh, Homeland Security and Defense Business Council. Uh, Grant Thornton and the Homeland Security and Defense Business Council, Robert, collaborated On the Business of Homeland Security, Aligning Capabilities, Responsibilities, Engagement, and Innovation.
2: Congratulations
3: to you both on that work. Well, thank you to Grant Thornton, and thank you for everyone who participated.
1: Thank you for being here to talk about it. Robert, thank you very much for joining us, as always, on FedHeads. Good to be with you, Francis. And thank you for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to the FedHeads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector and don't forget to leave us a comment or a review on the iTunes or Google Play Store.